never rely just on paid. Always have your organic backing it up, supporting it. Organic has to always be part of your marketing channels and strategy and, and promotion. Paid traffic and organic traffic and oh my gosh, I don't know about you, but I'm constantly bombarded by ads telling me which one I need for my business. Heck, I even get spam emails telling me I need this one or I see you're doing this one, but you really should be doing mine instead. And I work in this field. <laughs> And I know the answers. So I can't imagine what it's like in, if you're not a marketing expert and you're sitting here saying, okay, okay, how do I, oh. and there's so much data, so much information, and you're probably freaking out. Well, guess what? <laughs> guess what? We heard your freak out. We heard the cry. And Dean and I are here once again as growth engineers to give you some true principles and understanding behind paid and organic marketing. Dean, buddy. Hey man, good to see you again. This is a big topic, right? We all deal with it. If you're in marketing, you deal with it every day. So this, yeah, is, a, this and, is a big one. And this is not just such a big one. I'm actually going to do two things. I'm going to oh, wear a different hat. I want to switch hats, okay? And so I'm going to right now, I am wearing my organic marketing hat. Okay. When we talk about paid, I'll put on the paid marketing hat. <laughs> How about that? That's awesome. I love it. So, so let's get into this though. Let's get into this because I, I know you and I see this world very similarly. And so before we get into having too, too much fun, let's kind of frame for everyone. Number one, what is paid marketing? What's organic marketing? If anyone has any questions. Yeah. Yeah. The simplest terms, paid marketing, tends to be where you're paying to get your message directly in front of someone in your target audience, right? So that could be an ad or a sponsored post on social media. It could be a Google AdWords campaign. That's generally what paid is about, right? You're paying dollars to get clicks, to get people to see your, your ad, your sponsored post, your content. That's paid. And what happens with paid is when you stop paying, People stop seeing your stuff. Right. Goes away. Organic is almost everything else. All the content you put out, the social media posts, email blasts, your website and SEO and all the things that you do to put your content out into the world with the hope that your target audience will see it and react. And of course that, while it costs money to do that, there's no ongoing like fee, if you will, other than the production and posting of content. You're in charge of that flow. So that's fundamentally are the two different things we get paid versus organic. Okay. So then it would sound like if organic, I, I mean, I gotta pay for it up front to get it produced, but once I put it up, I don't have to continue paying for it. Whereas paid, I pay today, but once I stop, it goes away. So it sounds like organic is better than paid. Can we just say that and close the episode? 
We could. We could. We wouldn't be correct, but we could say that, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's the rub, right? That's the whole point of this of the episode today is to get our audience to understand not just the, the sort of textbook definition of the difference, but the strategy behind yeah. should you use one, should you use both? How do they work together mm -hmm. to really grow this consistent flow of high-quality leads? Because that's what we want out of market, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm very fond of saying, I want to hear how you feel about this. I'm very fond of saying that if you have a lot of time, so you're starting your business and you have a lot of time, relatively, and a little bit of money to spend on your marketing, then you should start with organic. Versus if you have money, and you have less time. In other words, you got to bring something to market quickly. You got to, quote unquote, make sales happen quickly. Right. right? We have a whole episode on that, y'all. But if, if you're in that type of mode where you're trying to generate leads or make sales, whatever it is, quickly, yep. then go with paid first. How do you resonate with, with that statement? I think, in principle, it makes 100% sense. And I'm totally mm -hmm. in alignment. I would say, though, never, never is a big, big statement, right? But never rely just on paid. Hmm. Always have your organic backing it up, supporting it. And there's a few reasons for that. The first is you could have your Facebook ads um, account shut down. What? That happens? Meta doesn't like you anymore for no reason. That happens? People have... <laughs> Yeah, we've, well, we've seen it, right? We've seen it. It's the old adage of building your business on rented land, right? You yes. don't own that space, you don't own that platform. You're at the mercy of those people. Or Google decides that their AdWords, you know, the whole AdWords sort of infrastructure is going to change like it did a few years ago. And your stuff doesn't work anymore. And yeah. you've got nothing, nothing else there. So organic has to always be part of your marketing channels and strategy and, and promotion. But you can balance more towards the paid if you've got the time and less money. The other thing is, like, let's talk about this, Atiba, the type of leads that you generate. Yes, let's go there. So if you want buyer-ready leads, okay. meaning they're already further into the buyer's journey, they already kind of know, like, and trust you, and they're just kind of scoping you out to make a decision, the odds that, assuming you're selling something of higher value, higher ticket, B2B, let's say, not a commodity, a, a one call close kind of product. You're not on Amazon, right? Assuming you're at the higher tier of, of revenue, the odds of them, somebody clicking on your Facebook ad, your Instagram reel to get to a landing page, and then saying, let me give you 30,000 bucks, probably pretty low. Probably, probably. Unless yeah. you've got this big brand, your big brand, right? Exactly. The big brand was probably built through organic. Yeah. But anyway, so if you're not, if your goal is to produce higher quality buyer ready leads, then you have to have a mix of channels. You have to be able to nurture. You have to do all those things. But if you just want to get, if you're doing list building activities, building your email list so you can market them with, you know, organic content, then go spend ad, go spend money on ads and drive a whole bunch of people to that landing page so they download your thing, watch the video, give you their email address. And then you can nurture them over time. So what your goal and outcome is will also impact the channels and types of marketing that you do. 
You know, you just said something that made me remember a subtopic in all of this that honestly is the topic in all of this. That's the, the, the bedrock on which, whether it's paid or organic, really run over. If you want to call them rivers, if you will, I don't know. The analogy is kind of weird, but whatever. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. The concept of rented traffic versus owned traffic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're doing paid, no matter what, you want to get to the place where it's owned traffic because paid media is always rented traffic. In other words, they always own the data behind the traffic. You don't know who they are. You don't know why they are. And if you're going to spend that money, you want to make sure you are capturing as quickly as possible some information so that you can continue the conversation on your own. Because no one can stop you from sending an email, but they can shut down your ad account. Absolutely. So that's purpose. That's intent, right? So if we're spending money on some kind of social media paid advertising campaign, if there is, there are times and places where all we want to do is show them content, show them a philosophy, Mm -hmm. let them be exposed to who we are. And then we can run another ad against that for those people that interacted with that ad. We show another Mm -hmm. ad, another video, right? Mm -hmm. That moves a little further into the Mm decision-making process. Mm -hmm. And maybe that second or third interaction ad is where they say, okay, I'm going to download that thing. I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to, we're going to capture that lead. Yes. But we may not even ask for that on the first ad because we've got a strategy behind that sequence. Yeah. So you're, you're absolutely right. The goal here is they're not, a, my belief is they're not a lead until you've captured their information. You absolutely. Own information. They're not a lead. They're just a suspect or whatever you want to call them. They're, they're exactly. A- and you know, you're hitting on a point there that we're covering in another video as well, which is no like and trust, or as we call it internally, why, how, and what, right? And that journey of taking someone through the process, because no one will give you their phone number or email address unless they have some modicum of trust. Okay, some modicum of trust. Let's take this outside. Let's take this outside um, of of marketing and and business. So I was in Maine a couple weeks ago and a group of us go to a speakeasy. And it's about seven of us go to the speakeasy, right? And we sit down and there's a couple sitting at the table next to us. And we're trying to take a selfie of all seven of us. And the lady in the couple gets up and says, oh, I'll take it for you. And that sparks off a conversation. We, myself, two people in our group, plus her and the guy she was with, have a conversation for over an hour. Okay? And we talk about all sorts of stuff. And then she says, why are y'all all together? And we were together for an event. And she's like, oh, I would love to learn about that. And he said, well, we got replays of the event. She said, oh, is there any way I can get the replays? He said, yeah, we can help you with that, right? Mm -hmm. And I said to her, I said, just, you know, give me your email address and I'll email you and we can, you know, set this up so you can get the replays. And she just looked at me and she said, are you a scammer? (laughs) And in that moment, I realized even though, and, and this is instructive now, because so very often we feel like we've done enough to build no like and trust. 
so that someone will give us their contact information. We spent an hour with her, plus, and she didn't trust us enough. Why? Because, well, half of us were drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Okay? And so understanding that, and that's what Dean was saying just now about, you know, sometimes you're showing an ad, right? And this works in organic content too, right? Mm -hmm. You're something... There's one piece of content that leads to another piece of content that leads to another piece of content that asks them for their information because you're building that know, like, and trust. You're building that relationship with them that they know they can trust you. Now, on the ad side, that process is called retargeting, if you've heard that term. That's the retargeting process, taking people through those stages. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great example. And at the end, that call to action, that CTA, you ask that lady, you know, give me your email address. In in an ad, right, the question would probably be rephrased, like, if you want this thing, give me your email address, give me your email address. So the benefit is they're going to lean in, they want the thing, they know they're going to have to give you it. But if it's like a give me your email, and then we'll Flip the messaging around. Let them know what they're going to get of value first. So in the restaurant, maybe if you would have said, would you like us to you know, add you to the list so you can get all this content? Yeah. She knows the next question is email. Right. So nuances, language. But it, what it does, it gets me thinking about another topic yeah. that probably sits across all of this, mm-hmm. which is messaging, positioning, and offer. Right? You could run organic, you could run paid, you do all this stuff and you're not getting results. You need to understand, you need to understand the strategy of asking why. Yes. So let's assume we understand your target audience and you've got that piece dialed in, but it's still not working. The reality is it's probably what? It's probably your messaging, your offer, how you position it. And I've heard a lot of marketing gurus say, (laughs) never pay for ads until you figured out your organic traffic, mm. right? Figure out your messaging, get people to inbound and da, 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 all this stuff with organic and then pay for ads. What's your thought on that, Atiba? Do you agree with that? I'm not sure. I have some opinions, but I want to hear yours. <laughs> so it, it depends, right? And it goes back to where, where I started. If you've got time, then yes, right? I had a client, they were selling a product against a potential government shutdown and, you know, it was like, hey, the government, my sh- they were starting to shut down states where they could sell it. And they're like, hey, we may have three more months where we can sell this product. They don't have time to wait for organic to work. They got to go. We got to go run ads and see if the messaging works. Okay? And if it doesn't, change it fast. Change it really, really fast. Right? Yeah. But... If you're in a different market where you know you have more time and you're working things out, then yes, take your time. Use the organic, right? Now, the challenge, though, with using organic is this. It can be extremely deceptive because I had another client where we did start with the organic. And in the first month or so, 83 people went to his website total. And because nobody in that 83 people did the thing he wanted, he said, it doesn't work. (laughs) And it's like, the sample size is not big enough. 
And that is the downside of organic at times is that you may make hasty decisions because of impatience when your sample data size is not big enough to actually tell you what's going on. So before we go on, let me explain that a little bit more to, and land that plane, okay? So we knew there was a landing page and there were actions that we anticipated the user to do. On this page, we wanted them to book an appointment, okay? Now we knew we had a video, we had a sales letter, we had objection handling, we knew we had all of this stuff. And then there were buttons that could take them down to the appointment. So number one, we wanted to know, did anybody click the button? Number two, we wanted to know who watched the video, who read the sales letter, who made it, who scrolled all the way down. Out of 87 people, we realized only two people took enough actions for us to consider they might have been someone who was really interested. So now we're going to make data decisions on two people? Not on and that's why with organic, patience is necessary. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Something you said at the beginning that was really important, I want to make sure our listeners, listeners mm -hmm. understand. Your paid example, you know, your clients selling into states that are shutting down, you said they can change their messaging or they would need to change their messaging really, really fast. That's a huge benefit to paid. The day you start running those ads is the day you start getting feedback. Yes. 24, 48, you're going to start getting feedback immediately. Good or bad, you're going to know, is this thing working? Is it? And you can make those adjustments very quickly on the fly. But organic, generally speaking, it's going to take weeks or sometimes even months. months on the yeah. nature of the organic, right? If you're just focusing on website SEO, three, six months, more maybe. So... One of the things I encourage clients to do is take a very small piece of their organic budget and run some ads. Run a few low cost ads on a social media platform that you know you've already got some engagement, you've already got some audience mm -hmm. there and test it. I mean, for a few hundred dollars, you can get some quick feedback that you wouldn't get as quickly with organic. So I think there's this relationship that you can have with both that support each other. Absolutely. So let's talk about that, though. Let's dive into that for just a moment, because there's also this thing of cold versus warm traffic. So if we were going to go that route of saying, hey, you know, I've got more time. I don't have as much money. I'm going to do organic. But yes, Dean, I hear you. Let me put a little bit into paid. Do you target cold traffic or warmer traffic? I think it just depends on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to validate messaging, then you're probably going to end up targeting colder traffic and you're going to have a broader sampling size, right? But if you're trying to get to warmer traffic, and warmer traffic just really means people that are closer to being ready to buy, yes. right? Really? And so that we, that's what we want. We want as warmer traffic as we can get. But sometimes we hit it day one, right? We've got the right messaging, the right audience, the right channel, right and you, you generate warm traffic. Typically, there's an evolution from colder to warmer as you evaluate your messaging and so on. So I think you, you target as warm as you can mm -hmm. because the warmer they are, it's validating your messaging, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So if you just sort of chunk leads into three different sources, big buckets of sources, right? One would be 
outbound marketing. We're doing outbound stuff, cold outreach. That's typically going to produce the coldest lead, right? We've just got them to maybe leaning just a little bit. The next would be inbound traffic, right? We've put content out there. Maybe we've run some ads, whatever it is, and they've come to us. They're going to be warmer traffic. Yeah. The ultimate is obviously like a referral, a connection, you know, something like that, a past customer coming back. And obviously they're going to be closest to buying. So, you know, consider that as well with your channel, you know, what channels you're at and your expectations as well. I think that some business owners have an unrealistic expectation of what their ad spend will get them. That's very true. <laughs> right? They expect the floodgates to open and hundreds of people to come to the website and tens of people to buy it. It just, that's very rarely the case. I'll and give if, you an example. And it's also very rarely the case at the very beginning too. At the very beginning, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I have a client that's been, been doing a lot of SEO and PPC for a long time around a niche software product, very focused target audience. And so we spent a lot of time creating a white paper that was an industry um, knowledge piece, if you will. And of course, it, 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 it sort of pre-sold the concept of the software that supported the problem in the industry. Mm-hmm. And we drove a boatload of traffic to that landing page and a boatload of la- uh, uh, downloads. And so the business owners were like, sweet, this is exactly what we needed. So the instant gratification was there. But what happened long term was when we tracked those leads, very few converted. Converted from, I want the white paper to I want to have a sales type conversation, a demo, whatever it may be. They didn't even get into really into the mid funnel. And so success may be an artificial indication of what you really want, because we don't care about white paper downloads, we care about making revenue, right? So again, you've got to always be measuring the whole life cycle of a lead and, and attribution, right? Find the people that are buying your stuff and trace them back to the intersection points of your brand. How do they find you first? Where do they connect? Where do they raise their hand? If you're scoring leads, you can use lead scoring mechanisms for doing that and dissect it. You might be surprised your true lead sources and what's producing quality versus just quantity. Yeah. So Dean, that's such a great point as we we bring this all together is, you know, understanding that paid and organic Right. And I'm going to put on now I'm putting on my paid hat, y'all paid on organic have their place in your business. There is no one size fits all per industry, per business. It just doesn't exist. But you have to understand that the key is you're trying to drive quality leads and figuring out that balance that gets you to those quality leads, not quantity. You know, it's great. Oh, I've got a list of 50,000 people who've never purchased anything. Like that means nothing. That means absolutely nothing, right? But the quality leads, that's what you want to look at when you're trying to evaluate paid versus organic and which way you go and what the percentages are and how you lay it all out. And listen, you got to hire a professional. You've never done this before. You've got to hire a professional to help you and to help you understand the, the entire landscape and put together a plan, a comprehensive plan.
Okay. Yep. So, yep. as always, he's Dean and I'm Atiba and we're the growth engineers. My friends, we'll see you next week. See you next time. Bye-bye.